Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Jake from the Total Screamers podcast. The Premier League's in full swing and that means it's time to throw on your club shirt and make sure you don't take a nasty tackle below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs with the code SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order. That's SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order. Hello everyone, welcome back to Talk Schemers Podcast. I'm so today I'm joined by Jake. Say hello Jake. Hi guys, welcome back. And we're also joined by Alan McDougall, who is Head Performance Analyst at St Mirren. The buddies, Mona buddies. Yes, Alan, can't believe we've got you on. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having us on, guys. Appreciate it. No bother at all. Uh, so how, thing, how are things in your camp? What, what's been going on recently? Uh, yeah, I think it's been um, good. Good, good. Well, obviously, majorly disappointed by not getting in the top six. Um, yeah, it was probably one of the worst I've ever felt in, in, this, in football, but I just made sure that he's picked us all back up. Um, and to go again, we go again this Saturday. The old cliche in football, we go again, but we do this Saturday against against Hamilton again in the cup. So looking for another good cup run. Yeah, we just played um, Hamilton recently, haven't we? And, and got the point. But um, to be honest, see from going from like you know in relegation playoffs and things like that, I think just edging out the uh, the top six. Isn't probably the worst, especially the season we've had. Considering uh, it did look dire near the beginning of the season, we went on that run game, that that runner, six losses in a row, and then went on to something like eleven games unbeaten. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you remember? What was sort of key to that turnaround in form? Um, I just think it was a sort of you know we had problems with other things off field, like we couldn't really um, wasn't to do with us, and um, it just came became a sort of. Like a kind of siege mentality in terms of you know everyone's outside feels it's against us so it's just, it's just there's only people in the room that can change it as us 
Um, so it sort of just went on from, you know, getting a couple of points on the board and it just kind of rolled on from there. Um, and then it sort of went even more multiplied by the, the cup result against Rangers. Um, and that kind of just, yeah, spurred us on, so... Um, that was mega that I thought yeah. it was written in the stars we were going to go win it again you know? I know, uh, I know. Then we yeah, put, put out Rangers because I was like oh we don't we've got anybody standing in the way yeah. now you know yeah absolutely uh, but, but I mean the manager's good for you know his talks and stuff like that and um, getting players it's a good it's a really good squad of players that we've got and a really good team not that that's not been the case in previous seasons but it's a really good bunch of lads as a togetherness with everyone in the camp Um yeah, we just used that to kind of kind of spur us on. I know it was um it was a strange start to the beginning of the season, especially the amount of outgoing players we had at the uh, the beginning of the season. You as an analyst would have been like, "Oh, we've got so much new folk in that it's going to take a while probably before you know your best side." Um, was was that the case, or did you know pretty fairly? I mean, you know, we've had we've had staples, obviously. You know, Marcus Fraser's come in and and uh, been you know Stonewall and Josh Honesty as well has been just so so important. Um, yeah. Richie Tate as well we spoke about just before we started. Yeah. Just um, great, great you... lads, but we knew, we didn't think it was going to take time to settle in at all. Obviously, um, with people, players being off of COVID and stuff like that, um, with the postponement of the season. Now, everyone was off and you couldn't go to training grounds, so basically the off-season was a sports scientist, Junior um, Junior Mendes, gives a, a plan out to all the players and players came back. They obviously worked really hard during that, that period at home because they came back looking really fit. So just kind of kicked on from there, from the start. Um, so that's kind of the players for doing that. Yeah, I did. I remember like, seeing the photos of them, uh, the players just coming back and seeing Richie Tate, and yeah. he's just like hench as fuck. Ah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're going to be all right. Massive, We're going to be all right, you know. He's massive <laughs> into crossfit and stuff like that. But, you know, Richard Tate, former captain. You know, Joe, Joe Sonnessy, former captain. Marcus Fraser. You know, Jack, back line as well. It's like experienced guys, former captains. and um, So defensively, we knew that, you know, we are going to... And even amongst all that, I'd probably say the standout for me has been uh, Conor McCarthy, who I think has been absolutely superb, just wins absolutely everything. Absolutely, yeah. Only 22 years, yeah, and his ceiling is so yeah, high. His yeah. ceiling of potential is just so, so high. Again, another great lad, but um, works hard um, on the training field. That's what I, that's a lot of things you don't see about maybe footballers, if you're not working with them day to day. You know, you maybe just see them on the TV and what they're playing in the 90 minutes and stuff like that, but when you're working with them full time, you see you know what they're like putting my body on the line every day, training through maybe training through certain niggle injuries or at half time you go over and see them and they're getting a you know, they've, they've pulled up, they've done something and the officials work hard to get them back in the field, they're strapping them up again. So that's the kind of thing that you don't see with the players that each and every day they're putting themselves on the line. Alan, how much um we don't really like talking about COVID on the show, but how much did it sort of affect your job in terms of having obviously analysing the players because you can't be with them every day and stuff like that? Um well, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm quite fortunate. Like, so obviously, there's been protocols and stuff like that, and it's not, not it's things aren't normal right now. Um, mm. But I'm still fortunate in terms of, you know, we've been at the, at the training ground training normally, was well, as normal as can, as can be for following the protocols. Um, and obviously, at the stadium as well. So I'm, I'm still not, I'm still doing the same thing work wise mm. I was doing the previous season and the season before that. Um, so when it's coming to, you know, analysing and things like that, it's been. In terms of my job, the thing that I've noticed more is like at the start of the season, there was only certain spaces in the gantry, and it's been spread out. So I, during a match day, I'm situated on the on the grand, gantry filming and tagging the game. Um, but the gantry's been been you know filled out with cameramen and, and spaced out and things like that. So you know, I'll, for the analysts, you sometimes see us like we're down where the fans would be across seats and things mm. like that. Um, so that's been a, a little bit of a problem. 
Um, and the thing is, again, you know, we obviously went to fans in the very first game we played league season against Livingston. You know, it was just an eerie, an eerie experience because usually you have the cameramen and the commentators there. You maybe hear during the game one or two words at most from the commentators um, during the game, but you could hear word for word what they were saying because there was absolutely no fans there. So it was just a, a weird experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something that we've got used to. I mean, obviously when fans back as soon as possible and hopefully I'll be next season. Um, but yeah, we've we kind of got used to it. I can't wait to get back. I can't, I can't wait to get back, I can't like to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, the games against, you think the games against Rangers, the game against Celtic when we won and stuff like that. Um, I was so gutted. With if, you know, mm. what the place would have been like if fans were there had been absolutely rocking. So. The fact we beat, we beat Celtic in their own gaff for the first time in, what, I don't know, well, it was 20, 30 years or yeah. something and we couldn't be there. Yeah. I live in Glasgow as well, so it's not as, it's not as easy for me to get to the games yeah. these days. Uh, so that would have been an easy one for yeah, me yeah. to get yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, getting into the, the grounds <laughs> and, I, and stuff like that as well, I mean, it's, you know, you're sometimes there's a, a queue of us trying to get not spread out, but you're taking people's temperatures and things like that, making sure we've got a mask, all the pro- protocols I've got to follow. Um, but it's, again, it's a small price to pay if compared to other people who are, are not, yeah. are not being able to leave the house or they're following stuff like that. So even though it is tougher, it's, it's, it's not it's an unfortunate position. To be fair, like during this, this obviously been a rough a rough season for for most clubs, including ourselves. Obviously, I'm just so glad we've had someone at home like Jimmy Goodwin. To be honest, um, me and my dad speak about it all the time. Yeah. Just how fortunate, yeah. you know, that he's coming. This is his time yeah, now, yeah. and that, you know, it, it isn't an easy period yeah. for him to come yeah. in. And obviously, you know, we, we know from watching the player just how much of a leader oh, yeah, he is. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I, I've got a good friend I went to school with, Andy Graham, and he Andy plays at Alloa, was the captain at Alloa, and worked under the gaffer. Mm-hmm. Um, so before the gaffer came, I was obviously on the phone to Andy and let, letting him letting him know. I basically asking him what it was like and stuff like that, and he said that you absolutely love working with him, and it, that's been true. It's been absolutely great for analysis point of view. He's really big in performance analysis. Um, when he's came in, he's, he's done a lot for me personally, but also for equipment-wise and, and moving the analysis side of the department forward, it's, it's, it's been really good. Do you have VO, Alan? Do you have yeah, VO? Yeah, we have that at the academy. Yep, yep, we've got yeah, it. yeah, we, we, we were interviewing there, the head of UK right. marketing a wee while yep. ago, and I was, is it as, as easy as they say yeah. to work with? I mean, the, the, their footage looks Yeah, it's, looks it's great, it's a great tool. When I first came in to St Man, I was working on, uh, at, the, at the academy under Alan McManus, that's how I first got involved in St Man, um, and I was, mm-hmm. I was manually filming the games, and then I moved up into the first team, um, and we had interns in who have been great, who come in and, and film, get experience filming games, and um, the good thing about VO is, you put the camera up and it does everything yourself and then yeah. so yeah. the interns sometimes don't it's great for covid like you don't have to be at the training ground you can just send the footage over to them and they can do their tagging and get the data from there but it's a great tool yep uh i'd be scared to be around it because i've got a bald head <laughs> Alan, and i'd be scared it would lock onto me and start following me around yeah. the pitch <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Who's been your standout sort of player this season and why is it Jamie McGrath? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to, like, as a coaching, from the coaching side point of view and the backroom staff, it's hard to really point to one particular player. Um, obviously, I've got to say that. Um, but Jamie's been, Jamie's been incredible. Um, <laughs> but it's and, uh, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, he's scored a goal at training the other day and it's a wee bit of a win, but he's just in the swear he's putting this, this the ball and he's, I've obviously sent him the clip over and stuff like that. But, um, aye, it's... It's just a, a great player, that you know what as well. A great player, but I can say that about everyone uh, in the squad. They're just great lads, great lads to work with. Jamie, from an analysis point of view, like good few others and players in the team, you know that they're, they're always self-reflecting. So they'll be onto me. I make sure I send their clips over, send the full match over. Sometimes send their stats and their date over. So they're always self-reflecting and, and try to better themselves. I like how how Jamie's adapted to to the um, 
go through the middle of the pitch these days. I kind of had it in his mind that he was going to yep. be a winger when he came. Um, and I did like sort of a big sort of presence, like, like sort of wide sort of like target man sort yeah, of deal. Yeah. Um, but, but he's adapted to going through the middle and that Absolutely, number 10, yeah, sort of yeah. number 8. You know what, as well, he's got a wee easy. bit of a dig about him as well. You know, you're putting a challenge and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and then, obviously against the Celtic, the Celtic game, um, out of place, where he's, he's popped the shoulders, dissipated the shoulder and stuff like that. And that's obviously, again, things you don't see in the change room. You know, he's trying mm-hmm. to get back out in the game, but obviously our, our, our physio Kev's um, given the reality that he's going to miss a couple of games and stuff like that. But he's, again, you know, they go away and they work hard with, the, with Kev, the physio and medical team and making sure that they're getting back as quick as possible. Jamie takes credit's done that and, you know, came back before the season's ended. And again, he, uh, played, his, played an important role in the team. It's been really, it's been really good, especially because... Uh... Obviously, over the past sort of season, like, I think a lot, a lot of Sitman fans were, were, were pretty sad to see Kyle McGuinness go. <laughs> pretty much, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're still with us and you're not at Hibs, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it took everyone, <laughs> even a kit man. Yeah, I think because he was he was a top prospect, wasn't he, Kyle? And, um, I thought you were going to say he was a much... top prospect, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. That's yeah. why. He <laughs> um, yeah. What was it like to saw you? You would, you would have been around Kyle and that, and then there was a lot of hype around Kyle for all, for all yeah. the time. You know, you, you know, wearing the armband at you know like twenty years old, things things like that. Uh, to, for the fact that we could bounce on, and, you know, and actually have a decent season when you know we, you kind of lose your your top sort of prospect. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. decent. But what was it like to well, work with great. Kyle? Yeah, it was it was great to work with. Um, you had a the bad injury. You had a um, Ibox, who was mm-hmm. lean. Um, again, that was over lockdown and stuff like that. He'd been working himself or working Kevin. Um, you know, it was just, again, that's what the things you don't see is the players and the hard work they put, put on through. But um, footballing-wise, I just, uh, you can see why he's went on to sort of Hibs and I've no doubt he's going to have a, a great career in football. Um, and as a person as well, you know, just, just great to work with, great to have on the training ground. Um, I can, there's not many, if any at all, players that I've said, you know, maybe like uh, I've not enjoyed working with and things like that. Um, even Anton Ferdinand, when I first came into St. Martin, Anton was on, um, you know, he was always looking at, looking at you know, seeing games that we going to have in the future, like, who's this player and what's this all about? And even at the twilight of his career, he's always trying to improve. I was going to say, yeah. When Anton came to us, he was definitely in that sort of twilight and, you know, he'd, he'd had a spectacular career, yeah. Anton. And I'd imagine it would have been pretty important to have him about in that dressing room, even though it probably didn't go as well on the pitch for Anton as he probably yep. would have wanted. He, was, he had a couple of names, yeah. didn't he? Um, but I'd imagine he was still pretty valuable, you know, like giving advice out to the, to the Absolutely. lads Absolutely, it was great like to have around. Um, I remember different youth team games and stuff like that. He'd be there watching, giving his advice to, to players. Um, like, you know, coming first and coming through the youth academy system and Ethan as well. Um, having Anton in the change room and talking them and educating them was, was great to have and uh, valuable for them. Well, I think that, that that probably softened the blow for Kyle going as well, the fact that we still had Cammy and Ethan at the club. Um, they're just, you know, they're, they're going <laughs> to... I hope we can keep a hold of them as long as we can because they've, they've also got massive ceilings. <laughs> yeah. um, so as, we're, as we're, we're approaching the sort of the, the end of the season, um, what what I think I think surely we should be looking at this run and thinking, you know, just finish strong and reset. Um, I'd like to see Brophy with a full pre-season, get rid yeah, of the Nagos, and then we start, we start next yeah, season strong. Absolutely. Um, you know, having Amy coming into the team stuff that was obviously disappointing that he had the injury. Um, but yeah, having them, have, it's going to be like having a new player basically. Um, yeah, I think it will be. Yeah, as well. You know, he's came a good pedigree and stuff like that. So um, 
it was a really good signing and we're buzzing to have him and yeah, having him at the start of next season. It's going to be like having a new player and hopefully kick us on. Was it's it doing wonders for me, our football <laughs> manager? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on you go, Jake. Uh, was, it, was it hard not having a full pre-season? Does it make, did it make a difference at the beginning? Did you sort of notice? Yeah. Not, not. Well, yeah. I was, I was on full, obviously I was on full, um, like, like a lot of staff, um, during the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I came back later, so I missed the first two weeks because I think the first couple of weeks were non-contact. So there was no point in having, you know, an, an analyst in our filming, doing that kind of thing, the date and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I joined a couple of weeks later, so I think we played Hibs in a pre-season game. I missed that one and then we played Hamilton in a pre-season game and I was back for that. So it was only one or two weeks. Obviously, I was in communication with the coaching staff and, and you know, they said the boys came back, credit to them, came back really fit. Um, so yeah. that's kind of, that kind of kicked us on at the start and we got a good result in the first game of the season against Livingston. Uh, that, that, I was going to say, like, um, I think that's next season that's going to be a difference maker for us. The fact that we got so that every signing, pretty much every signing to a man, has went really well for us at Monday season. Especially we had so many outgoings, um, leaders and, and players that have been at the club for a long, long time. You know, Danny, Danny Mullen and stuff like that that, that left us. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for next season because we've, we've had we've had long periods of this season where we've shown like sort of real, real yep. quality. Um, it's good that, that Jimmy's obviously a defender by trade, and we are, we are so defend, de, de, uh, solid defensively at the back. You know, with, uh, with Shaughnessy and McCarthy and, and Fraser and Tate. Um, what about what about Scottish football in, in general? Um, it's been a, been a hard hard year for, for Scottish football, but there's been a lot of lot of upsets yeah. <laughs> things like that. Obviously, Rangers finally finally winning the title and yep. things like that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's been a crazy season, like the amount of away wins and stuff like that we've had in the season. I don't know if that's just a sportship mm-hmm. or maybe around the world, but it'd be good to see. I think it's it's yeah. round the yeah. world. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. to see massive, Premier League massive, as well. Massive, analysis point of a boring, I guess you can say, point of view. But looking at the data, I'm sure there's data being collected right now, and some bright minds are going to be going through that. And it'd be interesting to see what they come up with in terms of you know the home field advantage during normal seasons compared to this season. Um, I know, certainly know yeah. our away record's been a lot better than it was at home this season. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of Scottish football, I mean, obviously, great that that we got to the Euros and stuff like that. We're, we're going to be looking forward to all watching that, hopefully with some fans. Um, uh, fingers crossed for that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been terrible for everyone, but there has been positives for the season in terms of Scottish football. I thought my neighbours were going to phone the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to have my head. Some people uh, I mean, sort of the country needed at the time. So football can do that, obviously. You know, I tell you what, I would like to see Eamon uh, there if he can start yeah, the season yeah. strong next season Absolutely. and re- replicate that Absolutely. form that he's had before. You know, he could be right in amongst their dykes yeah, yeah. and, and new, <laughs> new yeah, Scotsman. He's obviously got his under-21 experience as well. So. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course, aye. Um, See, from uh, an analyst sort of point, so you joined Sitman, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I joined years ago, you joined Sitman? Three years ago, so I joined when Owen Cooney was there. Um, it was, Owen Cooney was there, and oh, right, yeah. came in, and then a couple of weeks later, I, I basically joined. So this is, next season's going to be my fourth season, but if I look back over my time at Sitman, I've not really done a proper full season at the club in terms of the fans. Um, so what I mean by that is mm-hmm. I joined in October when Owen Cooney was there, so it wasn't a full season. And then the se- next season after that was cut short by covid and then this season has been my third season, but there's been no fans. So, so it's no, not been no, like a normal no. full season at the club. So I'm looking forward to, really looking forward to. And that goes for the gaffer as well. Like the gaffer came in two seasons ago and was cut short. And then this season, he's had no fans. So um, we're all really looking forward to the start of next season and what we can what we can achieve. I hope that is a good buzz around, it the, is, around is, yeah. the place. Uh, so 
See, to get into your analyst side, you, you, you did a degree in, what was your degree in? Because were you doing that well stats at Monmouth? No, I, that then... I started, basically from the start, I, st- I was playing football um, as, a, as a kid and, you know, wanted to be a professional football and stuff like that. And um, well, as we all, what you do? I was playing, yeah. playing at a pro. As we all do, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I got released at eight, sort of 18, 19. And at that time, I thought to myself, you know, I kind of fell out of love with football and playing the game and stuff like that. A scholarship company approached me and asked me if I wanted to go and do a scholarship in America. Back then, you know, it wasn't the amount of numbers I'm going through now. It was maybe like 100, if, if that, from Europe going to America. Um, so, and obviously mm-hmm. there, was no, there was no social media and things like that. So I was thinking, oh, you know, I might get homesick. So I stopped playing pro youth level and I could have went to another club, but um, kind of put that to one side and done, started doing a degree um, in my grades at school kind of pointed me in the direction of doing something creative so for whatever reason, I think it was a guidance teacher at school told me about product design and studying cars and that, that like so um, that's a kind of was in my mind and went to study cars and uh, design cars in Germany so I went down a degree in Dundee and to be fair I felt sick homesick being in Dundee uh, so um, <laughs> yeah so it was, kind of, it was kind of I feel like a good decision that you know, I didn't go to the States but once I graduated the scholarship company Coach me and asked me if I wanted to, to come and work for them, um, filming filming clients uh, around the UK and Europe. So that got me experience with, with going to games, filming, editing, sending videos over to American coaches. Uh, and and then I was down in London one time. I think it was uh, the London Soccer Dome. It was in it was this massive arena down at near O2. Don't know if it's still there anymore. There was two massive pitches indoor, and we were on one side filming clients, and then on the other side, I think it was late in the Orient, and um, were there training. And I seen one of the, the coaching staff over there and was filming and I basically got to talk to him after the game and I was like, you know, what what's it you do? And they told me about this new analyst role and filming training, filming matches, um, doing presentations to the players and things like that. And as soon as they told me that, I was like, Wow, this is this is really what I want to do. Um so I basically asked this, mm. you know, how did I go about it? And the short answer was volunteer, volunteer at clubs and build yourself up that way. So I'm back up to Scotland and I had friends from our coaches at yeah, one was at St Johnson. And it meant giving up your weekends. I was doing my Monday Friday with the scholarship company, and then the weekends given that time up to go and do unpaid volunteer work, and just built built it up that way. And then from then on, I sort of got a part time role. I got that at University of St Andrews. Um, that was my sort of first paid analyst work, working with the university teams over there. Um, and then from there, I was working at the academy at St Mun, uh, and got my foot in the door with Alan McManus and built up that way and, and became a full-time member when one came. Yeah, I know, that's I know. Crazy. What a journey. Yeah, so, that's great, but, yeah. but, I mean, I remember my first day working full-time at the first team and I walked into the, the meeting, uh, not meeting room, the coaches room, my first day and I'd went from, you know, sort of working working from home doing analysis to being in the office full-time and across sitting across from me is Jamie Langfield, <laughs> Gus McPherson was there, Brian Rice, Owen Kearney. I said, I've got to try and hold court with these guys and try and talk about football. So it was a bit daunting. I look back and laugh at that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite a first day. You're a St. Mary's fan, are you? Yeah. I grew up in Tarun. I grew up in So it was uh, some, it wasn't my team. They are now, obviously, they are now, but it wasn't back in the first. Uh. I actually, when I was younger, I, I used to, my players team, I played from bottom. So uh, I know. I know. Ooh, I know. <laughs> I was waiting for Simo to yeah, make the link for yeah, me yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, interesting that I played during, during that, that youth season, Martin Compson, you know, he was, he was in my team. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. that's my sort of claim to fame-ish, if I can do that. <laughs> 
I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be doing for some of I sell the hot dogs if they wanted me to, you know what I mean? <laughs> Quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's really good. Some, some journey to get yourself. There's something that I've taken a, a really strong interest in over the past sort of um, couple of years, I'd say, that I'm always boring the lads in the group chat about, you know. <laughs> He's our resident stat what, merchant. The future, nice. <laughs> yeah, I am the stat merchant. <laughs> um, we have a we have a mutual yeah, friend, yeah. Um, Calm. Yep, put us in touch with me. How, how, how did you meet Calm? Uh, through LinkedIn, of all places, and he messaged me out of the blue, and he, he mm-hmm. said to me that this was two and a half years ago, and he said to me, um, you know, is there anyone at a club who maybe be looking at doing a degree? And I just, you know, you get these messages in LinkedIn, you like people got to sell you stuff, um, and I was like, you know, what, what? What does it involve and things like that? It's like there's absolutely no catch, but you know, you can come and uh, do a degree, do it from, do it from, you know, work from home, uh, study at home, uh, and you can sort of involve it with your work. So, if anyone's ever watched the film Moneyball, uh, with, yeah, with using data mm-hmm. and stats yeah. and things Brad like Pitt, that, yeah. you know, I think that that's all sort of evolving into that sort of area where, you know, you're doing the sort of video side and, and visual side, but backing that up with data and stats. And uh, I'll put my, my mm-hmm. hand up and say that time, you know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't strong in data. I wasn't strong in stats or data visualization. And Matt, I like I didn't like maths at, at school at all. So it was something that I, you know I, I, he kind of spoke to me about, it and I said, you know, it's it's not it's, it's going to be a lot of hours per week. It's you know you're, you're putting your 15, 20 hours a week in studying. Um, I knew with my day to day role at the club, I wouldn't be able to do that during my nine to five at the club um, or even the match days and things like that. So it's going to be doing stuff at doing stuff at the house. Um, but yeah, he kind of spoke. He talked. Kind of spoke. We talked about it, and um, I, you know, I, I kind of thought about it. And went if I if I'm going to do this for like six months and not like it, if I'm coming out of that sort of mind frame, then there's no point in doing it. Um, so I made the commitment, yeah, that I was going to study for four years, and I'm sort of a year and three quarters into it now. Uh, it's been pretty full on. It's not been it's not been easy. Um, it's a four year course for, in data science, so I'm getting a lot out of it. There's still various modules and things like that we've got to kind of do and study and um, it's full on but you know I'm, I'm getting my head around it and I'm managing to implement it into my, my, my work as well so uh, yeah yeah, yeah. that's an important thing you know yeah, if it's going to be yeah. it's going to make you better and uh, bring the <laughs> yeah, better results yeah. to some I'm all for it mate yep. all, all <laughs> for it uh, <laughs> yeah I, we, we did a, a wee interview with Calum recently and um He's he's played a lot of this like yourself, been on different roles in football. Uh, mm. He would tell he was telling us about you know being a scout and you know how yeah, it's a lot of just standing yeah. in the rain, <laughs> taking notes. No, as glamorous yeah. as they make it out involvement, to me. No, no, exactly. Um, as well, so yeah, I've met Cam a few times in mm-hmm. Glasgow pre-COVID, and obviously spoke a lot about mm-hmm. all the things that he was telling me about um, in the Highland League. And, yeah, it's quite interesting. The one thing, sort of analyst, sort of maybe not specifically analyst, sort of geared towards more maybe more stats. Expected goals is uh, something that's come in and it's, it's making its way yeah. into sort of mainstream media as uh, something that's you know Sky Sports and BT Sports are trying to like you know um, try to build a picture of you know how yep. how clinical a team is. Um, uh, is, is. Is that moved up yeah, to Scotland yet? Yeah, are, are we using um, that? Yeah, I don't really see it so much. And, you know, I could, there's loads of books on names and things like that. It'll let you let you give you more information on it but we, we use uh, two platforms a lot of the clubs around the world use these platforms one's called Scout, one's called Instat Scout's mm-hmm. an Italian company basically it's Inst- the two of them are similar Instat's a Russian company but all the video footage from all the games worldwide are put onto this platform and you can go on and you can look at certain team stats and you can look at different videos and 
we can download the videos and then we'll use those videos to cut certain points to do presentations to the players and all the clubs around the world have access to that. Um, but one of the stats on why Scout and Insta is ex- expected goals. Um, so yeah, I do have that in Scotland. Yeah, they sort of use that chart yeah. that it's like, you know, are you, you know, passively, are you passive playing but you're yeah. clinical or it's interesting. Like, in ways, so I was, I was, I was actually looking yeah, it's, at the it's, it's day, one of these um, stats. Our expected goals on Scout, and it said that our expected goals number was better at Ibrox in the game a few weeks ago than it was when we went up to Pitodri a few weeks before that. So, and if you kind of watch over the game, you think, oh, I thought we had better chances at, at Pitodri, but expected goals number says different. Yeah, it's all about, you know, a hundred shots taken from a certain angle and, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's all the angles I've, yeah, yeah, I try to watch uh, some YouTube and do my, you know, do my, my YouTube. Trust me, there's, there's YouTube videos on. <laughs> sort of uh, I try to get my head around as well, things like that when it comes to the expected goals and various <laughs> angles and ratios, so, yeah, you're not the only one. It popped out of nowhere for me, you know. I just yeah. tipped up in Football Manager one day and I was like, what is this? And then I realised it was in the media. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it seems to be going more. I keep spotting it. Sports or maybe it's because I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm firmly that, in, sort of. the, in the camp of, I don't. I think it's a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> What's it all about? It's getting that balance right with stats. Um, yeah. You know, I, some clubs, like, yeah. towards Moneyball, then, you know, that was just all stats, all stats. But it's getting, it's, the ba- just it's getting the balance. That's right. just stats. There's nothing but on the eye. I think eye. definitely there's a place for stats and data in football, but it's absolutely getting the getting the, the balance right between the traditional, you know, scouting players and things. Yeah, so it's one, it's one element. I mean, there's others to, to, to what a player can do. Obviously, yeah. there's data and account, you know, so their, their personality, yeah. their, their presence in the pitch, you know, yeah. how they affect the players around them and stuff like that. Uh, but it definitely can paint a picture of, you know, things that are... Is, is that what you try to do for, for Jimmy? You just... You try and paint a picture of what's going right, what's going wrong, so you can eliminate the eliminate um, the bad well, and emphasize the good. Is that sort of day to day or week to week? It's broken down into sort of three stages. So we'll have pre match, live match, and post match. So pre match will be before the game. So we'll watch the myself and the coaching staff and the gaffer will watch the team from uh, getting videos for maybe two or three of the, get the opponents uh, and scouting reports as well. We'll get. And then we're just basically creating a five-minute, six-minute video that we're going to present to the players. We might do two or three five-minute videos, just depends, or we might just have one video um, mm-hmm. and we'll present it to the players. And you know, we're looking at all, all the clubs around the world will be doing this, and they'll be looking at you know the, the opposition or their um, strengths, weaknesses, what they do at set plays, etc. So that kind of ties into our pre-match um, live match. I'll be on the gantry, so I'm filming the game, tagging it, and at half time. I've got probably about a 10 minute window to get myself around to down to the changing room where the gaffer will obviously do his uh, half time talk. Uh, I'll have the stats as well, so I'll tag how many you know, shots and goal, shots and target, crosses, second balls of one, those kind of things. Uh, the gaffer will look at the stats, and then if there's anything the gaffer wants to see, then or the system manager Sharpie or Langers, um, they can look over certain things. It might be something that's happened at a set play or a chance we've created or some weakness. Or if there's a sort of partner play that's happening, um, sometimes the, the gaffer will be like, no, you're fine, just go back. Sometimes we'll maybe pull a couple of players and say, listen, we need to sort this out. So that's the advantages of um, doing the live, the live uh, match stuff. And then after that's the post stuff, so mm-hmm. we'll have a presentation with the players after the game, the day after, two days after the game, where it'll be a five-minute video, maybe two and a half minutes of strengths and two and a half minutes of weakness. Um, where can, the players can reflect we'll, we'll do a presentation the gaffer will lead that and uh, it's not like a classroom situation where you know you're 
seeing the players, this is what you've done wrong, this is what you do right, a lot of the time it'll be a group discussion where the players will give you mm-hmm. feedback and then they'll give them constructive criticism, criticism if it's needed. How far would you say sort of data analysis has come in the last 10, 15 years? Because it does feel like, I, I, like even in my short lifespan of only 26 years, it feels like yeah, there was a period yeah. in football where it didn't really feel like it existed. Yeah, then massive. all of a sudden overnight, it was Absolutely. just, you know, you've got semi-professional yeah. club, clubs yeah. with, with VO, yeah. you know, filming their players, analysing their players, <laughs> getting the data and... If it feels yeah, like that wasn't even a thing for absolutely. professional clubs, it's like, grown, <laughs> 10, yeah, it's years ago. grown to, to where we're doing live match tagging and the clips have been streamed live to the coaching staff on the bench so they can watch it on an iPad or laptop. So, it's, uh, you know, cameras, it's not just a traditional camera that we've got in a tripod. There's cameras now being put on stadium roofs where they mm-hmm. get different angles and that's primarily it's for... The yep, the spider yep, cams and stuff like that. that is, um, so it's going to be really interesting in the next... 10, 15 years, what's going to happen? And beyond that, I think the next thing they're talking about is uh, virtual reality and how they can use virtual reality in football and create decision-making things for players. And wow. uh, I don't think it's there at the moment. I, I remember watching something in Football Focus years ago and it was uh, Blackpool were putting headsets on, on players and you know putting them in certain positions where they had to pass a ball. They obviously couldn't feel the ball. It was all sort of virtual reality stuff. Um, but yeah, it was the first time I sort of seen virtual reality being used in football and I'm sure that's going to be in the next 10, 15, 20 years the next best, the next big thing. Well, it could be invaluable. Imagine being able to put a player Absolutely. in a specific situation yeah. so from not just watching eyeballs. like a certain yeah, play on a big screen um, you can actually put them into that position and say, this club play this certain way in a set play, yeah. you know, what you're going to do, where you're going to move, things like that. So it's going to be yeah, really interesting. And not just for players, I don't think, maybe for, for fans. There's another podcast I was listening to um, and it was the person from America and they're talking about you know, putting headsets on on fans and you can put them in certain areas of the ground and they're getting a live interaction of what's happening around them so they're not just watching it on TV on the couch it actually feels like they're going to be there and if you can do that it's yeah. going to make yeah. clubs millions because you're not just having 50,000 in the ground you've got Aye, absolutely uh, absolutely I mean the, the way it's kind of developing I mean you can already see if you've got BT Sports on the app you can actually yeah. go into manage of you mm. and you see the player's name tag is, is up there and watching it. It's like you're watching it from a, well, maybe not to the extent that you're watching it, Alan, but like you can still <laughs> see, you know, players moving and, and it, you know, it means you can spot the shape a lot easier. The shape is like, I mean, it's kind of yeah. useful for us people that talk about football, you know, <laughs> try and make out as if we know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think honestly, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it pointed in the, yeah. the, the stuff that we think is just way out there right now. Um, is, is just part of a reality in football in, in, in 15 years' time. I mean, if you'd asked any sort of Liverpool fan like 20 years ago, would the, would the um, you know, the head of recruitment have a doctor yeah, and yeah, a doctorate it's, in physics? Well, speaking you know? of the doctor, so we, we have, <laughs> they, you we know, have it's, every it's, training session filmed. So I'll use a drone to film every, every training session. Um, we got the drone season and a half ago, and before then I was mm-hmm. stuck in a ganji filming. Um, but the drone's obviously a lot more fun. <laughs> And you can put the drone in certain areas of the pitch, so we can look at our shape. Um, and so every every drill we do is filmed, and we'll send out to the coaching staff, and we'll send out to the players as well. We can do self reflection, but also if you know if you get an injury, touch wood. But if you've got an, an injury and it's filmed, the medical staff can react to that right away. And, you know, see what type of diagnose injury better, and mm. see what type of injury it is. If it's high impact, low impact, what what happens? So. The mechanics of it, yeah. How they've landed twisted and stuff like that. Yeah, using the drones. Uh, yeah, yes, what kind of drones? It F- uh, Phantom Four or something D- like that. D- <laughs> D- one, so yeah, Ma- yeah. It's, it's top of the range, anyway, so it's good. <laughs> I love, I love using it. 
yeah. yeah. So, of course, not be the best for the Saints. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it, like, I suppose I never really thought it in a sort of medical sense, but I mean, when you even when you're watching the football back and if you play it back in slow motion, you can yeah, literally see I mean, your hamstring pop. You know, yeah, it's, uh, that's what yeah, the, the I suppose that is, that is invaluable. Well. Like, <laughs> you you see if, get an injury and players at half time, our medical team will come over and say, oh, can you play that clip back? So I'll certainly have that ta- tagged if something happens in the medical team at half time can react better to it and look right away in the screen and see what's happened. I bet it takes away a lot of the, I bet it takes away a lot of the uh, when players are saying that they've been working hard and you can literally well, say, you know you are not just the footage, I've got not the just footage. the footage. <laughs> <laughs> um, the pods, so the players all wear as they play wear all the pods so it picks up yeah. that high speed yeah. running. Uh, but it's yeah. not it's usually not for pulling up a player and so you're not you're not doing you're being lazy and stuff like that. It's usually for you know making sure yeah. that they're mm-hmm. loading they're not gonna they're not doing too much. Um, and they're not going to pull up an injury, you know. So mm-hmm. that's what we sort of use the data for. Because a player, a player in a game could, you know, could be running about, oh, of could, course. could be un, not, you know, not, not disciplined enough and running about and chasing shadows. Where you can have a player who's done less, uh, less meters. Yeah, they have, um, you know, been disciplined. You know, so use it from the context. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, it must be some buzz during the match because you must be like in the zone. Oh, like just thinking, right? The information I've got to get is vital to to the result here because. Jim's got to be there on touchline, shout the instructions, sort of like yep. puppeteering the sort of the shape and things like that. And then he's oh, got a full yeah. team. And my f- you must be like just in the zone, just think, oh yeah. man, you get I this. Mean, my, and you get my a good bit of information here to give, give like to the... Two minutes, three minutes just before the game's kick, about to kick off and you're there and you're just, oh, it's, it's unbelievable and it's something I never ever Some get, get tired of. You know, you just know that, you know, you've, you've done the work. The work's still not finished because you're doing your live stuff, but you know, it's just, it's up to the players and to implement the game plan and, um, it's a privilege and something I'll never get, get tired of. But I'll have a certain amount of things like I know I'm going to tag uh, for each game, so it's not as if like I can react to events. I've got certain buttons where I can press during a, during a game that's going to react to events, but there, there is usually a cert, certain amount of things that, that I'll probably have set that I'm going to tag during the game. I think it's one thing that, that fans don't really acknowledge is just how, how many people are like mm. totally involved in the match day sort of experience. Uh, everybody from, you know... Uh, Analyst to the, to the third choice keeper yeah. to like everybody uh, is just one um, big yeah, massive I mean, it's effort. Good that's your like, team. Um, uh, but I never, for me personally as an analyst, I never want to take credit away from like I never want to say we got a result because I did that. It's ultimately the manager makes the decisions mm. and the players when they cross that white line they've got to implement the game, the game plan. So at the end of the day, it's the players should always take the credit for results that you get. But that's the thing, like everything you say. That Absolutely. only goes up until yeah. they cross that line, yeah. and then it's up to them, really, isn't it? It's up to them yeah. <laughs> to implement it, or whether they do or whether not. Um, have you? I don't know if you've, you've listened to the Peter Crouch podcast because uh, he was asked how much do you actually listen to, when he was just like, "Oh, it's just nothing, man." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, oh, just, no, just, I just go down the middle, yeah, uh, just yeah. do a little head kick or something." I mean, the players will get the information they get pre-match, post-match, but we've got a WhatsApp group, we've got their email as well, so it's there if they need to see it. You know, we're not going to force it on them, information mm. on them. It's there if you need to see it, so there's absolutely no it's excuses. Make you a better player. Yeah, yeah. It's going to make you a better um, player, isn't I, it? And it's just, it's there if they yeah. need it. We're never going to force them on it, but you know, there's basically there's no excuses. So. Yeah, I'd imagine you get your you get your sort of different end of the spectrum. I'd imagine some players probably they're, they're like, oh, I really want to get, and some players may may just want to sort of like clear their head before the game, get get themselves in a mentally yeah. good zone. I mean, it's got to be specific yeah. to the individual, you know, and, and what kind of motivates them or what kind of, what what gets their yeah, best right. performance or, or the, but again, to, that's for the not team, you know? I would never approach a player um, and say, you need to look, look at this before the game. Um, they know that I'm there and if they want to approach me and it has happened, the players say, mm-hmm. oh, can I look at this before the game or that's certain situation. 
um, and it's up, that's up to me to provide them that, but it's not something I'm going to force them and try and get them out their rhythm of what they want to do for a game. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Alan, it's been an no absolute problem. superb I conversation. Okay I really do appreciate you, you coming five on. Star, really your five-star ratings don't go down to two-star ratings. Perfect, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we know who to blame Alan, if it does, Alan. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> again, Alan. And <laughs> exactly, we'll blame Callum. Yeah, we'll blame Callum. Uh, <laughs> no longer a friend of the show. Um, <laughs> thank you very much to, to Alan for coming in. Thank you very much for our listeners. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, for twenty percent free off, free shipping off Manscaped. Uh, Screamers twenty at the checkout. Cheery bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.